out to where everybody does school of infantry, everybody does everything. So I'm like, whoa. He's like, yeah. And then after like 18 months, you go to your first like job school. That sounds more like the British Marines than the British Army. Yeah, that's, there was a Royal Marine, or Royal. Well, yeah, because that's what they are, the British Royal Marines. Yeah, that's, that's what it said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, where do you want me to be from? I'm from Texas. I did a set in, in Arizona, though, so... Well, let's start with uh, your name and by introducing you and saying, hello, and welcome to the Wonton Wednesday podcast. This is a great friend of mine, Lee Bates. Lee Bates, take it away. If you want to tell them your name. Uh, yeah, my name is Lee Bates. Are we, are we going? Are we recording now? Oh, yeah, I've already pressed the magic button. I should have warned you, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm Lee Bates. Um Born and raised in Texas, uh, graduated in a small town, class of nine, uh, joined the military right out of high school, uh, graduated in 2004, went to, um, where did I go to basic at? Oh, in San Diego. Went to basic in Sandon, did MCT there, and then they sent me straight from LES Airport to the onset of the United States, near Vegas. And that's where I spent the rest of my enlistment. <laughs> I, I took to calling it Jackson Vile for a while. Yeah? Yeah. I figured that was a good name for it. Jackson Vile. It worked. It worked. It's close, but it's like, ah, it, this place is vile. Yeah. Yeah. I just call it Bay Vegas. I mean, it's got strip clubs like on the strip. So. Oh, this is true. But um, I was down around that area for the. For New Year's, I was hanging out with uh, Stumba and Hawes, and like that triangle area where you know the cave was and the uh, Navy Federal, and then what was that hotel that was there? That's all gone. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Like, Jay Vegas it, was it, was it, is totally different now. Wasn't it like the cave? And what was that? The one I had a, I think I had an instructor that just like lived in one of those places. La Mirage, that's what it was. No, La Mirage was right off base almost. Uh, no, that was Toby's. No, Toby's, Toby's was, was right out the front. Toby's was straight out the gate, but La Mirage was like, take a right, and then you hit that first little U-turn, and it was right there. Yeah, was this, I thought the cave was there too. No, the cave was further down by, so you take a right, you go down like a mile and a half, two miles, and then it's a, it was a, cross in that little triangle area so there was the triangle motor in forget yeah. the name of the bar that was in there the cave was over there and then there was like a random bank that nobody used oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then driftwood was right outside the juice gate yes yeah that's where i got i got bit by ship it was horrible Every story that involves driftwoods doesn't involve anything that's good happening at the end, or in the beginning, or the middle. You had her teeth filed down like a vampire, and I was like, "This is a great idea." Oh my god! So, the sh so you were like trying to hit on her, and you she were trying to get her to bite you. Like, how did this happen? So it was like, <laughs> man, it was I was early into my career there. 
Um, <laughs> so it's just a just a young young Lance Corporal with uh, hopes and dreams in my eyes, and uh, went up base. I don't remember how we ended up there, but we ended up there because we thought it was a great idea. And uh, it was it wasn't like the main stage. It was like the satellite dancer. Um, and then who was that with? I don't even remember where I was or, or who was with me. You were Lance but, Corporal. Um, you were probably with Cease. That's exactly who I was with. Yes. I fucking um, knew it. <laughs> Love Cease. Was it? Were we in the schoolhouse? No. Oh, man, it had to have been. It had to have been. Um, but um, yeah, so I went up to the satellite. Like I was big, big hot shit with my dollar bill. And, uh, you know, they, they grind on you, whatever. Cocoa butter, glitter everywhere. And then all of a sudden, I send her teeth, and then she bit me on the neck, and I thought I got an STD from that. It's <laughs> time. It's time. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, man. By the way, I want you to know oh, this is the second time Cease has come up in a podcast. Is it really? The first time I was explaining the uh, the three story beer bong that we did after. Uh, was it Nellis or was I was just telling that story the other day. And Cease was the only one to clear it. No. What, what do you mean it no? It rolled right in and right back out. I watched it. No, that was the second time. He did, the first time he did it, he cleared it. Then he went back for a second one, like 30 minutes later, because we were all like, Cease, you're the man. Woo. Yeah. Like all that shit. And that's <laughs> when it came right back out for him. Who but, else took it? Didn't Hawes take it? Hawes took it, and he did about as he probably did a little better than me. And like, I I took about half of it. Like, I got half oh, of no, it. I was I like, think, oh god, I can't do this. I stayed away from that. I saw that, and I was like, that is another stripper bite incident right there. Uh, pff, dude, that thing like shot out with the force of a fire hose because you know it's three stories, so there's so, like an atmosphere. So check it out. Beer just like so trying to an actual- shove in you. There's an actual formula to figure out what PSI that's coming out of. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I work in water and wastewater now, so I know this. So um, if we knew the exact footage of that hose. I believe we got, a, had we got 30 feet of hose. It held six beers to the top of the funnel. Well, it doesn't have to do with volume. It just has to do with feet. Um, I think I yeah, so 32 feet is one atmosphere of pressure. Let me see here. So 32. Uh, what a pressure it should be like. Uh, let's, let's see, one foot of water. I just had it. I was looking at it today. Um, hold on, I'll tell you. So just water. I mean, water and beer are practically they're they're very similar. Because what is beer? It was Bud Light. It was it was Bud Light, wasn't it? It's Bud Light or Miller Light. It was one of the two. That's thirteen psi at thirty feet. I mean, that sounds right. Yeah. So and also, this is coming uh, out of a one-inch hose, so thirteen psi of one so inch. Six so beers some, in like I mean, two some, seconds. Yeah. So there's some volume coming out of that bad boy. Oh, I see. Yeah. Look how smart we are. 13 PSI. And we'll give it. That's 30 feet. So, yeah, 13 and a half PSI. Almost 14 PSI. So, 
a typical house is on top of like between 30 to 60. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are like almost halfway to house punching. No, I stayed away from that. Um, I do have a beer bong story. So we went and stayed at a, at a cottage. Uh, I forgot what beach it was. I think it was like, uh, was it like Emerald Isle? I think McMiller was with us. Do you remember him? Yes, I do. I loved him. He's a great person. He is a good guy. So this good guy would never show up to parties with beer. Do you remember that? No, I don't believe I've been to too many parties. Well, basically with Flightline. If it was, I like randomly show up at Bammers. Yeah. So we show up at this cottage. I forgot how we rented it or whatever. Anyway, we rented this cottage. There's a bunch of us. Uh, I think there's a bunch of Flightline guys. And McMiller showed up. And uh, I forgot what happened to his leg, but he always had that cast on. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, so he shows up, and me and Keith, you know, we're doing doing beer bongs in the kitchenette because we're we're having a good old time. So I took this, I took it was like two beers to it. I mean, it wasn't anything like the three story monster you guys created. So I took it, and Keith was like, "Yeah, you know, we broed out, you know, high fives and shit like that." And then I hear glug 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 glug. And my beer bong has this clear liquid in it. I'm like, oh no, what is this? And I look and McMiller's laughing as he's putting the cap back on his Everclear. Oh. And I was like, oh no. So I went to the sink. And this is how you know you got a best friend. So I went to the sink and I go to dump it out. And I hear Steve's, no balls, bartender. So what do you do? Uh, the famous line of, I just believe it was that era of our life. No balls, yeah, fucker. So I, yeah. So, do you know how so, easy it I mean, was to get buyers to do anything by saying no balls? Yeah. I think, I was like, up to the extent of, like, serious bodily harm, I think anybody would be able to do anything if you no balls them. Like, that was a go-to if you wanted somebody to do something freaking stupid. So one time, me and, uh, me and buyers, we left, like, you know, the shift ended at like midnight or whatever. He's like, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? I'm like, yeah. He's like, let's go to Walmart and get something to eat. So we go to Walmart. He's like, he's like, let's get some steaks. I'm like, okay. I was like, are we going to cook them? I'm like, I guess we're just going to use the grills outside of the bricks. So I'm like, okay, cool, cool. So we buy some steaks. And like, as we're walking out, he's ripping the thing off and just starts gnawing into it like it owes him money and it's like fresh off the cow i'm like dude what the fuck he's like no balls man this is how we're eating them <laughs> i'm just like oh for real this is what we're doing <laughs> just he didn't even hit him with a bit on the way out or nothing just <laughs> straight out of the freezer. ripped out of the wrapper starts eating he's like no balls i'm like all right i guess this is what we're doing <laughs> That's what I did oh, too. Man. Like, that's great. Just like sashimi, man, like sushi, just like taking down these steaks. <laughs> what is that? Tartar? Is that what they call it? I do believe it is tartar. Yeah. Yeah. You just cut it off the cow and then here you go. That works. That works. Anyway, so I hit that beer bong and blacked out like immediately. Uh, yes. But I made sure he did it too. I made sure he did it too. I moved all through my back. You know, you got to hit him. Um, I did come to, came to in a toga and flip flops and a cowboy hat and I have no clue where any of my other clothes went. We were walking to McDonald's. 
Oh, nice. And it was great. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know where my underwear went. So I just had this toga. Like, I'm out here. Like, I don't got any of my clothes. You like, you went authentic day. into the toga. I went, I went hardcore into it. And okay. then we get back to the cottage after our, our thing. All the people were laughing at me. They're like, oh, he's oh, like a, a frat thing. He beat AIDS. And I'm like, no, I chose it. And then we get back to the, uh, we get back to the cottage and I remember, I'll never forget it in my entire life. Peace was passed out, but he was like in between the mattress and the box spring. So I don't think he had a blanket and he got cold. So he just used the mattress <laughs> as the blanket. I <laughs> have been told I've done that before by Ryan. It works. It does work. It work. Uh, um, yeah. So Garan, you remember Garan? Yeah, I think he was there at that party too. Oh, I love D. He's a great dude. What do they call him? Block. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. There was all kinds of ridiculous things going on there. So, what have you been up to, Mister Hardesty? Uh, so let's see. I got out in two thousand eight. I was a civilian contractor on 47s for three months. And then I went, I do not like working on an army base. So I left. Uh, then I tried my hand at college and I really enjoyed out drinking college kids more than I enjoyed doing college work because I'm horrible at math. So I drank myself out of college on the GI bill. And then I was a security guard at a cookie factory when Ryan got me this job, which I got 12 years ago and I've stuck with. So, like, what do you, what do you guys kind of, what do you do now? I do soil and groundwater cleanup for a. It's a smaller company that we contract to larger companies, but basically, um, we heat up the ground and uh, steam out any contaminants by uh, either electrical resistance or soil conduction, and just heat out any contaminants, suck it off, and burn it through a regenerative thermal oxidizer or run it through carbon to capture it and all points in between. That's the uh, quick and dirty of what we do. And if I have to go so more in depth, it gets nerdy. What's that? Yeah. So yeah, that you remember really like cool. PD 680 dry cleaning solvent? Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the key components in that is like the main thing that we go after. <laughs> so we're oh, like yeah. once so, i figured it out i was just like oh i've had my hands in buckets of this <laughs> yeah like the grease that we used while we were in hazmat like all of that i'll just test with you like everything everything but, oh yeah i don't um, even want to know what's going to happen from like mixing together 63 63 for carbon fiber and stuff it's just like uh, <laughs> oh yeah like we knew we were yeah, guinea okay. pigs though like it's just like mm-hmm. uh Good time, good time. So yeah, so I got out in '09, shortly after you. Mm-hmm. I oh you you didn't you didn't know how I got out, huh? Well, no, what happened? So, um, service strike was what they called me because that's the only one I had. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I went to check out on terminal leave. And that NJ, that last NJP I got, I can't remember when it was. Um, it was, it was 
uh, right before I went to Corrosion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right about that time. Thing. So I went to check out. I had all my gear. I was ready to go. I was going to burn like like 15 days worth of leave and get out. I go to legal, like my last couple of stops were right there in the squadron. So I go to legal to get, you know, checked out and everything good to go. Right. They said, oh, okay, base, hold on. We got to make sure that we don't have any pending paperwork on you. And this is in 2009, in like May, and my EAS is June 6th, June 7th, June 6th, right? So I was like, all right, cool, no problem. So I forgot who the legal officer was. Anyway, he found something. He was like, we were supposed to send this up when you got NJP last. And I'm like, like that many years ago? And he goes, yeah. I was like, uh, okay, well, what is this going to do for my terminal? Like, what is this going to do for, for anything? And he goes, oh, probably nothing. It probably won't come back until you're already out on terminal, and then we're going to go. I said, oh, okay. So signed it, sent it. Came back the next day. I got kicked out. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, got kicked right the fuck out. So everything was already checked out. I was just like, I was like, screw this shit. So, yeah, so... On my DD-214, I got an other than um, with a good conduct medal. <laughs> and then um, my entire enlistment was five years. I got like four months and 28 days. And, or no, like uh, it was 11 months and 28 days and some shit like that on my, as far as time and service. So, yeah. So, I got the fuck is They're like, who's your shit? Get out. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking serious? You guys couldn't have done this years and years ago. Wait, wait, so, yeah. so you could have been kicked out like two years prior. Exactly, but they didn't. That is wild. Yeah. Just because like so, someone misplaced a paper. Pretty much, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, so I, uh, so here I am, um, ready to rock and roll. I, I really didn't have any guidance getting out either. So it was kind of like, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, Dude, I had no uh, idea what I was going to do either. So, um, so that all happened. And then that threw a wrench in my shit. Cause I was going to get out. I thought I was going to get out with least an honorable, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Or a general. And, um, no, that, that little, that one piece of paper that they sent fucking, uh, other than OTA. So I was like, well, screw that noise. So I get out and I just kind of swimmed it around for like a week or whatever. Well, Roundtree was getting out at the same time. He had a job up at Dyncourt up in Maryland. Okay. So he's like, yo, essentially be my Mexican, help me move all my shit. <laughs> you can crash. <laughs> I was like, all right, deal. So I did that for, uh, I don't know, maybe like three months. And then I ended up going back home to Texas for a little while. Yeah, I was, uh, I was distraught when I left. <laughs> I I could definitely understand that. Like a complete waste of time. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I had a good time <laughs> with our non-deployable squad. Yeah, I know that feeling. And that was good stuff. Good stuff. So after that, back to Texas. I worked at an airport. I tried to get on with, um, I think Boeing was doing it. There was an A864 reset right there on Fort Hood where they were doing, uh, they were working on Apache as well. 
Bancorp wasn't hiring Osprey mechanics. And then A64s weren't hiring Osprey mechanics because it's not a helicopter, which doesn't make sense to me. I got hired uh, so, on by Dynacor on 47s, and the only reason that the guy hired me on was because he was a 46 dude from the Marines. He's just like, well, uh, I was in the Marines too, so you know what? I like the cut of your jib. Like, he talked to me, like, for five minutes on the phone. Yeah, and because my brother like, worked uh, in that hangar in the Army. He's just like, you're Sam's brother? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that worked out for you. It, yeah, it did, but I'm just like, I, I don't like working on an army base. I don't like, like, it's literally all the same manuals, but with different names. So, like, the, the corrosion manual is the same manual with, like, a different name. So, it's like TA something. I forget what it was. And I'm just like, no, it's the 509. <laughs> they're like, no, that's not that's not it. They're like, they're sir, they, they we do not use the nav air here. I'm like, huh. <laughs> And then, like, I was so, like, used to the... Um, like our, uh, I forget the name of the system, but like, you know how we did our maps and stuff like mm-hmm. the computerized maps and theirs were all written out. And I'm like, I have no idea what any of these codes are, like how to find them. I'm like, I needed so much help just for like the paperwork. I'm like, can someone just do my paperwork for me? And I'll just like putz around with sheet metal and fiberglass. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Do we ever, I don't even think. We never used our uh, the tough books that they gave us while we were there in um, in two hundred four. Uh, I used it when like, I went to airframes for a little bit, but that yeah. was about it. How did you How did you end up in corrosion? I came right from the schoolhouse. I worked in airframes for like a week at VMX, and like it was known before we left the schoolhouse because like. Um, Remember Mayrand? Sounds familiar. Uh, he was a sergeant when I was in the schoolhouse and a staff sergeant when he came to the unit. And he was our instructor pretty much. So he was like dealing with my class like day to day. And like we were just messing around in the uh, carbon fiber lab. And he just walked in one day and he just goes, I know who's going to go to corrosion. Because like, the stack, the shop was stacked with people. They're like, they're going to send somebody to corrosion. And I just looked at him and I just go, does it rhyme with Bogostine? <laughs> and everyone <laughs> just, everyone just starts dying of laughter. And like Faribault would bring that up to the day. He just goes, Hey, does it rhyme with Bogostine? And I go, Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> and like everyone laughed and he's just like, yeah, it does actually. I'm like, so I knew I was going to corrosion cause like they had to send somebody. So they sent the weird kid who was not good at it at, at maintenance. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. So like I was there from day one or actually it was like day three. Cause like I checked in, I went to airframes, did like one thing there. And then next day it's like, Hey, go report to CC. And that's where you're going to be from now on. Yeah. I think mine was, yeah, mine was that. See, that was, that was, they put a stigma on you like right out of the bat though. Cause like as soon as I went to CC, they're like, Oh yeah. Uh, what they call it? Like criminal control. I'm like, I didn't even do anything bad. Not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I was just so, weird, and like none of the instructors at the schoolhouse like really liked me. <laughs> like, I liked you. Well, you weren't an instructor at the schoolhouse. <laughs> I know. Oh man, 
Let's see who all came through the schoolhouse with me. These didn't, didn't come to the schoolhouse with me. We had Cortez and Hawes and McGuckin. Remember McGuckin? No. Oh, they got they, they got booted out way early. So it was it was Farland guy and uh, an air crew. Um, he came in in Fleming's class. But those two, uh, no, not Havis, Havis. Havis and McGuffin got busted in the parking lot. Sparking Jays. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, like right outside the turnstile. Like, I don't know what their thought process was. All of a sudden, they're like, we don't care about this anymore. And they just started to be teaching Chong in, it, in the parking lot. And I'm like, well, that's kind of dumb. And then we had a random drug test. And they, they pissed hot, well, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. things would have been a lot different if we would have deployed them yeah but I don't know how much different I mean those people still would have like washed out yeah 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 definitely definitely but I wouldn't have had so my thing was I had too much time after work on my hands <laughs> oh definitely I mean you would have had and, and, yeah, no, no. I think about that a lot. I'm like, man, if we would have been deployable or like even on 46s or 53s. Yeah, anything but the 22. I mean, it's a cool bird. It Doesn't is a great wrong. bird. Oh, did you see? Oh, were you there? Next? I don't know. Remember when they brought out those, uh, the new weapons cases for the forward hellhole mounted weapon system that they had? I did not get to see those. I've been told about them, though. Run me through them. Yeah, it was on I night. love hearing them. Yeah, it was on night crew, man. Like they were, like they were trying to be sneaky. Like, how are you gonna be sneaky? And um, I got to see it, and then somebody told me what it was, and I was like, "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And then now I can pull it up online, and it's it's there, and I can see it. But yeah, it's for the what's it a Gal Seventeen? Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. what I heard. It's a Gal something that drops out of the forward hellhole door. And then somebody yeah. told me the controller was a PlayStation controller. That's exactly what it is. And you've got like a like 10, 10 and a half, 12 inch LCD screen. Oh, that is wild. Oh. I didn't think that yeah, was true. No, I'm like, totally no, true. no, totally PlayStation controller. So awesome. Yeah. Similar. I mean, it's, it's, mili- it's Marine Corps controller. Oh, but, so yeah. it was like the same shape, but they like branded it different. Well, it's like there's probably no brand on it. <laughs> so they used spray painted from, it olive drab. Yeah, so they they came with it with a tool tag, and they checked out some isopropyl and wiped off all the PlayStation. <laughs> oh, that's... But yeah, so I, I I heard it, I saw it, and then I'm able to see it online in action now. And I was like, that is awesome. And I got to not play with it. Kind of makes you uh, wish you an air crew. Yeah, I was actually talking to a guy today, and he was like, "What well, he does?" I was like, "Yeah, man." I was like, "I should have went and did some cool stuff instead of just being a knuckle jogger." But you know, they love me. <laughs> yep. I mean, at the same oh, time, like going. somebody's got to fix Nixon's stripped screws. Oh my God! Min- uh, the mini marks. Yeah. <laughs> on the 365 day inspection, Jesus. Oh my God! What was the 
what was the turnaround time on those? Like two days? Uh, it was supposed to be something like two days, and we did it in a shift. Yeah, we did it in, uh, I want to say, a little under 12 hours. Just banged it right out. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, it was supposed to be something ridiculous. Like, this is going to take like two days and like X amount of man hours. And we're like, at the end of the shift, we're like, done. We're like, what? Yeah, like, yeah. We're done. We had a good crew. Um, well, the thing yeah, was, is like, I lined up, like, I knew which panels I could inspect, and I knew which panels that the QAs had to inspect. So yeah. I knocked out all my panels first, and that's how we did it. And then we got everything ready for a QA to come through, and then the QA would look at it for us and be like, cool. And then, yeah, buttoned it all back up, and that was that. Good time. Huh. We had to put, but we were, I think we were organized. I think we, we communicated well with each other. We did. We did. I th- I feel like on Night Crew, the three of us were pretty tight. Yeah. Night Crew was awesome. Uh-huh. I never wanted to go back to date. <laughs> never. Yeah. There was a far less I buy you fly go to Taco Bell going on during day crew. Yeah, there was none of that. Oh, look about the, the, big, the big pizzas. Where, where was that pizza place that was on base? Noble Romans was on base. Is that what it was? Yeah, there was a Noble Romans on base. And then the big pizza place was Monster Pizza. Then they shut down That's and it, it became a slice of New York pizzeria where you remember Malashevsky from Airframes? Yes. His brother was the one that opened that. Monster Pizza. I remember hitting them up. I remember the first time I ordered Monster Pizza. I was in MCT. It was amazing. I'm like, I want the largest pizza you guys have. You were in MCT over there in Geiger, weren't you? I was. I'm an East Coast guy. That's right. That's right. So I had so much trouble going to the PX um, in my flight suit on the weekend. You get saluted. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> but I didn't have, like, if you saw my name tag, like, I had a, uh, a no shit, uh, Lance Cooley from MCT, um, try to pee away my ass outside the PX. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, double dog. And I'm like, um, no. I was like, are you? Fuck yourself, you? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I didn't, it was one of those things where you just couldn't help but laugh. Like, this kid's being serious. And he's like, come in the closet. And I'm like, whoa, nobody calls me that. And they're like, oh, I still got my name tag somewhere that says private major. <laughs> I have it somewhere. I think it's on my rifle case. But yeah, nice. I, I always have problems. So I just stopped going on Sundays. You know, you could just go in civilian clothes. I was at I, I was at work. And oh, I kinda, okay. And that kind of liked causing a problem there. Yeah, who doesn't? You watch the little Lance Corporal's fuzzy heads explode. It's like when they try to come in without a tool tag. You remember? Oh yeah. Hey, I just need to borrow no this real quick. Pay. No, I need a tool tag, but I just need it real quick. I don't care how quick you need it. I need a tool tag. Well, yeah. Who? I don't think you were there that day. Hobbs was there. Hobbs was like. Um, 
he was, you know, I think he was the only one. There was just me and him, and I was running the desk. And he was like, uh, it was some new, new aircrew guy came in without a tool tag. I was like, you need a tool tag, bro. And he was like, no, private, you're going to give it to me. And I was like, no, oh, you need a tool tag. You're supposed to get a tool tag. And I was being all nice. And Hoss was like, call him up. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to watch the fuzzy head explode when I tell them no. Sir. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Good stuff. That was, I think that was the funnest part was, I had responsibility, but none. I think one of my favorite parts was just how much good-natured violence was encouraged. Yeah, I remember that too. Like I, it wasn't I as like long I, as it wasn't malicious. It was encouraged. Yeah, yeah, it was encouraged. Like I mean, it was like a rite of passage. Like yeah. it, it, it wasn't even you couldn't even consider it hazy. It was like just boys doing boys stuff. Yeah, like. Like I said, like if it was good natured, it was fine. As soon as it crossed that line into malicious, like then it was just mm-hmm. like, all right, you two like need to knock it the fuck off and tell me what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah, we had we had a tap out rule. <laughs> you yeah. know that's you know gentlemen gentlemen's agreement. Pretty much, there was no rape involved. You if, know? if things got bad, everyone got barnyarded, and you got separate corners. Oh God. Oh fuck! I, was, I remember those. Yeah, I think I did that one time. It was it was amazing. Like I wanted to call Leroy Hawk and be like, "Guess what I just did?" And this was like five years after I've already been out. <laughs> <laughs> like it was that amazing. I was like, "Whoa!" Like it went slow motion too. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> were you having like a I've Rocky montage moment? Like I did it. Hey Adrian, except you're yeah. thinking, "Hey Sergeant Hawes." <laughs> The whole thing, hey, you wrong. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I remember him doing it to me, and there's like nothing you can do. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm flying through the air right now. This is not good. I was just about to say that was one of your favorite quotes. <laughs> but it was all it was always great. I am a better person today because I've because taken cement to the face. <laughs> Exactly. A couple of times. A couple of times. Man, good day. Yeah. So let's see what else did I do. See, I got out in 09. We talked about that. Oh, so I worked at an airport. Mm-hmm. It looked like in Texas. Um, I was a flight line guy there. And civilian flight line and military flight line are two different things. Okay. So it was a private, like it wasn't a private airport, but it was a small airport people with private planes. So essentially what I did was refuel like Cessnas and like jet streams, uh, Gulf streams, not jet streams, Gulf streams. And um, we did have some A-64s come through, some long boats. Mm-hmm. And they were sweet. So you have to do that. But uh, that lasted for like all the six or seven months before the airport started to downsize because people stopped flying their own airplanes. And then from there, I got into the water wastewater business with the city. Nice. Yeah, so I did that, and then I got bored. I'm. A, did you know that I'm a certified Harley mechanic? No, I did not. Yeah. So when I got kicked out, I lost all benefits, everything. Okay. Yeah, it says everything. So I went to work. Um, 
for the city, it started to get boring, a lot of boring. So, you know, just digging ditches and putting water pipe in and stuff like that. Um, and then I was like, this sucks. So it was like Facebook was listening to me. It was like, you know, come to MMI and learn how to live on motorcycles. It's like, that's like a great idea. Yes. So I did that. Went, went to Arizona. Apparently, Arizona is like riding weather 90% of the time. I believe so the, it. Yeah, they sell you these big hopes and dreams. They're like, yeah, you can totally, we'll help you find a job. And this and that and the other. Well, it's just like a recruiter. So the market in uh, Arizona, of course, in Canada is so flooded with people going through these motorcycle mechanic institutes that, I mean, there's little to no nothing. And then it's, uh, I found out that they had, um, uh, no, no real benefits as far as like healthcare and all that good stuff like when you, when you start kind of wrenches. And that you get like a flat rate. So it's like, um, like basically using the technical clubs and whatever the time frame this master mechanic did this in and put it in the book as that's what you get paid for. So like a tire change will be like two hours. So whether it takes you 30 minutes or four hours, you still get paid for just the two hours. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. So once I found that out, I was like, eh. And I had just come from working for a city, so I was getting city benefits and all that good stuff, and I kind of liked that. So I was like, well, I'll go back and work for the city. So then I did that for this one spent. Oh, man. I, uh, <laughs> I just remember, I have actually seen illegals crossing the border on a train that I was a conductor on. Get out. No. Yeah. So, yeah. So oh. I was working for Glendale. I was working for Glendale. And uh, it was a little subdivision or, or subsidy from Phoenix. And um, my buddy, uh, my buddy down in Texas that I was working water utility with, he left and went to Union Pacific. Not Union Pacific. Yeah, Union Pacific. And he was track maintenance there. So he kept trying to tell me, you know, hey, come back to Texas and get a job on the railroad. You should look at the railroad. It's so, so awesome, so awesome, so awesome. I was like, all right, cool. So I looked. Well, I got a conductor gig coming out of Tucson, going to Nogales and to Yuma. Um, who did I see in Yuma? Dwyer. Remember Dwyer? Vaguely. I, rem- I remember the name. Kentucky Dwyer. Like, white boy Dwyer. Uh, name <laughs> I can't put a face to it. it. Oh my goodness, if you saw him, you you would know exactly who I was talking about. So he hit me up uh, while I was in Arizona. He was like, sure, come and hang out with me in, uh, in Yuma. Oh my God. What's another story? Anyway, so I got hooked up as a conductor with Union Pacific and we're running trains and then this and that and the other. So I get pulled to pull this train out of, out of uh, Nogales back to Tucson. I've never done this before. It's so my first run, so I'm like a junior conductor. So it's me, another conductor, the senior, and then the engineer, the guy driving the train. So we're not allowed to cross the border. They're not allowed to cross the border. So they nose the, the main engine across the border, the gate. There's border patrol everywhere. It's fucking, it's crazy. And um, so once they nose it, they get off the back. We get on the front, uh, and then we wait for 75,000 hours. And then finally they're like, yeah, you can go. So then we start pulling, right? So we start pulling, and then we lose cars on the Mexico side. 
that I just come unattached from the, the train. So I lose the car, so then we got to stop. So then they fix it. So it's another two to three hours. I'm getting paid this whole time for it. Like the railroads, they will just dump money in your pocket as long as you show up and do what you're supposed to do safely. Okay. Like, guaranteed. So that part was true. Like I made, I made like good money, but the work wasn't steady. Okay. So we get the train back together. We're pulling it across the border. We get it out of the, out of Mexico. <laughs> it's like a two and a half long mile long train. Get out of Mexico. We go through this, um, it's like an x-ray machine, but it's just like outside. It looks like, uh, uh, like a big bus stop is like the best way I can describe it. Um, it's just like, uh, like a half of a tin building. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we pull it through there. We're going, we're going, we're going. And, uh, they don't call them illegals and they don't call them Mexicans. They call them trespassers. So we're going, it's starting to get dark, and uh, we didn't even know this, but they had a chopper on us with, uh, with infrared, and they were picking up heat signatures in some of the cars way back there at the back of the train. So they call us on the radio, the Union Pacific Police call us on the radio, and they're like, hey, what's your next crossing? So we tell them when we're going to cross another road, what road it is, so on and so forth. He's like, yeah, just go ahead and stop it there. And I'm like, okay. Engineer, conductor, we get ready to stop it there. We start shutting it down. The UP cop pulls up to my window. And he goes, yeah, uh, Border Patrol says we had some trespassers on the train. Well, as soon as he said that, five Border Patrol trucks just zoomed the freaking train, dude. Like, just, just driving through ditches the whole nine yards. Nice. Helicopter up above us. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. So they were so far back that I couldn't see any Mexicans running away. But it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> so he was telling us, the cop was telling us that they will sometimes get into the auto rock, the auto wrecks. Essentially, they're the train cars that, uh, that hold all the, the automobiles that are coming up out of Mexico. And they'll get in there and they'll hide in there or they'll hide in the grain, the empty grain cars or they'll hide in full grain cars. And they'll have like bags of like Santa sodas and like tuckers and shit like that. And they'll carry it up in them. It was crazy. But uh, that only lasted for like six months. <laughs> so I went to work back to the city. So once again, back to the city then? Yeah, back to the city. Uh, I did a different thing working for a smaller city in the desert. You would think that it's like magical if you bring water to people in a, a network of pipes and things, and then you have to treat it and all that good stuff. But um, it wasn't it wasn't super glamorous. We had some pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy leaks and things like that. But we did uh, I did wastewater treatment, so I over the wastewater treatment. And what we would do is we would take the wastewater from the city. And we would reclaim water out of it. So basically dewater it. It's uh it's like um what do they call it? It's a sequencing batch reactor. So what we would do was we would get all of the all the waste and put it in a big uh, like container, essentially a big big holding tank. All the input uh all the sewer would come in, 
mixed all up and then we hit it with like air like it's a whole big technical system and then we would turn all the mixtures off turn all the air off and then the microorganisms that were living inside the, the sewage would start to eat all the bacteria and all the bad stuff out of there and they would settle to the bottom of the tank and then we'd come in with this big like uh it was all automatic. I didn't have to physically go in there with this with this decant arm and then decant all the clean water off the top. Uh, and then we would treat that and then boom, there's your reclaimed water. So, so that was pretty cool. I liked um, I liked that. It was a little bit more technical, a little bit more uh, using your your brain instead of your back as far as work goes. Oh, that is always good. Yeah, and then uh, we were reclaiming water, but we had a contract with the golf course for like a billion years. So all the reclaimed water went straight to their water hazards. So it wasn't like we could put it back into the system or anything else. I think like a couple more steps and we could have actually put it back into the water utility system. So like it doesn't sound awesome because you're essentially, you, you get down to the minutia of it and you're, you're drinking poop water that's been recycled. But it's clean. They're cleaner than what's coming out of the rivers and lakes and streams. So, yeah, so I did that <clears throat> in Cave Creek. Um, oh, man, I forgot to tell you. I worked at a bar. I was a bouncer for like a hot minute while I was in school there. Oh, I was a <laughs> I was a bartender while I was trying to go through college. That was not a good mix. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't bartend. Actually, that's where my wife taught me. I was working at a club, the Steel Horse Saloon, right there in Phoenix. And I think it was, it was like an A-to-A bar. Maybe I'm not sure. I didn't see too many coming in and out of it, but I was a barback slash bouncer. And I have to tell you, I never had an issue with the dude in that bar. Never, never okay. had an issue at all. But the chicks, when the chicks get crazy and wasted, oh my god, <laughs> they are ridiculous. <laughs> uh, they will fight you. Doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was pretty fun. That's where I met my buddy Josh. Josh is in this. He's in the league too, but he was uh, he was West Coast ninety percent of his his enlistment. Uh, but yeah, he was going to he was in school with me, and we both worked there. So I mean, we just had a good old time all the time. It was you know, stock beer, um, dance with some old ladies because they like a bus or something, and then they give us some money. I think I was a prostitute. Holy shit! No, no, no. No, you got to spin it correctly. Well, you were, uh, I believe it, 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 it's positively called a sex worker now. Oh, no, no. I know, no, because no, that still sounds dirty. I was, um, I was a self-esteem booster. You, you, you were a gigolo. Uh, emphasis was on the gigolo. No, it, and the it was like, <laughs> I don't, don't you have to like do the act to be the gigolo? I think so. Or I could have just been like advertising, but not. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe you were a psychological gigolo because you were helping them feel good about themselves. Yeah. That could be better. Lee Bates, psychological gigolo. I'm a mental sex worker. Yes. Yeah. For people whose stuff doesn't work anymore, you make them in their mind. Yeah, it's like it's like reading romance novels, but I'm I'm in front of you. 
Oh, so you're like the half Texas, half Mexican Fabio? Yeah, I'm Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they Yeah. Except instead of the blonde hair blowing in the breeze, it's your beard. Yeah, it's my beard. Yeah. I didn't have that when you you saw me. It's got gray hair in it now. (laughs) I do too, so I mean, yeah. Have you seen Gunny? You remember Gunny... uh, Lally? Uh, you should probably talk to Stumboff. You want to hear some amazing stories about Lolly. Dude, I just, I knew he got out mm-hmm. and then I didn't see or hear from him or anything. And then now he's all over the face space and he's got so much beard and hair. Like that man, he would have never thought. <laughs> I would have never thought. Um, <laughs> no, I saw that one coming. Well, maybe I didn't see it coming, but like he, I don't remember when he got out, but it was before us or maybe it was around the same time as me and Ryan at least. Uh, Cause then, cause Ryan worked for him in phase crew. And so like they started hanging out a bit after like we were all out and uh, I will let you talk to Ryan about that because it's his story and I don't remember all of it. <laughs> By the way, Ryan says hi and he wanted to be on this <laughs> this podcast call. Oh, he did? He's like, he's like, damn it. What are you guys doing? I'm like, either today or tomorrow. And he's just like, fuck, I hope it's tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man, you should have said something. I would have held off for some ball. Well, that just means we can do it again another we can do another one another time. Like but yeah. he is yeah, he's super fucking busy. He's running a um plumbing place now. Really? Yeah, so he was running Roto Rooter and now he's working for this other place called True Blue. He's he lives down in Wilmington. So he is, is he? he's a master plumber. He's in North Carolina licensed plumber. Nice, nice. And so, he's yeah, that brings running me to, a fucking place, making bank. So that brings me to my next point. So me and the wife started looking for a house. Couldn't find one in Phoenix cheap enough. Found one in Wisconsin. I was like, let me find a job there. So I found a job here. So I work for a company called Digested Organics now. And I am a facilities manager the only person working there right now at the facility that I'm working at. And we are dewatering uh whey processing waste. So Right. So you're selling it to yeah, protein so powder companies then? No, 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 no. We're in we're in a protein processing place. And what we're doing is we're taking all the waste that they have and we run it through our system. And we pull out the clean water. We, we almost like super concentrate or we concentrate their stuff. Uh, yeah, I understand how okay. like, so there's the milk and then they add the rennet to separate the curds from the whey. So the curds become the cheese. The whey is the mm-hmm. water byproduct. Mm-hmm. Whey is what they use protein powder for. And so you're like concentrating that down, getting the water out and, separating the whey into a dry powder from the water? No, so I'm taking their waste. So they do all that processing in the plant, but they have a waste product. 
well, what they do with their waste product is they have to have a certain, um, uh, like there's got to be a certain percentage of, of water in the product that they're wasting out. Does that make sense? Yes. It's got to flow and solids don't flow. Yep. So, yeah, so this is where my wastewater background came in. So essentially what we're doing is we're running it through um, a bunch of filters so there's no chemicals. So it's, it's reclaimed water, sort of like what I was doing with the treatment of the wastewater, but there's no chemical involved in it. It's just filtration. Mm-hmm. So we run it through our filters and we pull out clean water by the gallon. So this is a new thing for my company. What we normally do or what I got signed up to do, started to do before this happened, um, we were taking slurry mix from the dairy farm. All the slurry, all the cow manure and piss and shit and all that good stuff. Oh, fantastic. Running it, right. Yeah, we were running it through our system, pulling out all the water. Uh, we would get a high concentrated nitrogen liquid fertilizer and a high concentrated solid fertilizer and clean water. Nice. No more waste. So that's what we're doing. So BCO. So if you look, um, if you're in front of your computer right now, you could probably look it up. Uh, Brown County, they've got a, in Greenleaf, Wisconsin, they have um, a big bio digester. And they harvest the methane off of it. So our equipment is there too. So we're doing the same thing with their digestate. So they, all the farmers in the area will pump all their cow manure, cow waste, to these big digester tanks, they would harvest off the methane and then take whatever left of the digest, the digestate, the little digestate, and then would run it through our equipment and then boom, get the same thing. So you go from all this manure and all this cow crap to usable energy and clean water and fertilizer. Get back to Mother Earth. That (laughs) is fucking awesome. So that's what sold me on the company. So with that being said, they, they kind of honey dick me. They're like, this is what we do. I'm like, that's awesome. And then they're like, so you're going to be over here at this other plant. And I was like, I can probably do that. But they didn't tell me <laughs> that this is brand new. Like, we're just going to try it out. So, but it's working. I've been there. I've touched every pump in our system. I've gotten intimate with them, Adi, with all the pumps. Very intimate. You've had your hand inside you with, a, with or without a glove. Oh man, uh, sometimes sometimes you got to go in without. It's okay. just one of those things. <laughs> I understand that, but um, but uh, I think I took a picture of the pulp I was in the other day. You did, you did. I went, oh, that's some nice looking cheese. <laughs> that's that's the the wave uh, byproduct. So when it gets super hot and mixed up, it turns back into cheese. Yeah, and then it messes with all my all my equipment. But um, it's fascinating work because. I like I like the fact that we're we're taking the water. So looking at wastewater stuff, um, your regular sewer water that you flush out of your house is like ninety nine percent water. Yes, it's like point one percent solid. Mm-hmm. So if you can get that point one percent solid out, then you've just got a liquid that you've got to treat, and then you can put back into the system. And the system being the world, I guess. Yes. <clears throat> so what? Digest Organics does with cow manure and slurry mix essentially is the same thing but on a much broader scale and you get the byproduct of it. So like as soon as I can get some, I'm growing bonsai trees right now in my office. Nice. So as soon as I can get my hands on some of their 
liquid fertilizer, I'm going to start dosing my plants or my trees and see see how well they act. But yeah, we were. Um, well, aren't bonsai trees big, like kind of relegated to how big of a pot they're in to how big they'll actually get? Or no, that... you have to train them. So you have to cut and wire and train them to grow. I've been reading up on this for like two months now because I was like, oh, that looks like a cool thing for me to do. Are you turning into Mr. But, Miyagi? Uh, no, not quite. Not quite. But um, I got some seedlings going. And um, with these seedlings, you can kind of train them to do like the twists and the turns and the loops of the trunk. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a, it's a whole pop. It's a whole process. It takes forever. It's their treats. You have to grow them. But uh, yeah, at one point in time, I will be another Mr. Miyagi. But not right now. So you're going to have a headband on while you're at work? Uh, I, I do. On. I have long hair now. Oh, I, I do. Sweet. I have long. <laughs> I have long hair now, so I have to. Or I do the samurai knot on the top. Uh, I was more envisioning you like with because I've seen the picture of your beard, so I was kind of envisioning you kind of looking like uh like Chong with the long hair like slicked back and like a headband <laughs> in the beard. I have my wife hates me because I'll steal her little her little headbands, the ones that just push your hair back. So I'm yes. always wearing a hat or I've got something on to keep the hat on my face. But I like my long hair. Like, it's just, I feel good when I, when I, <laughs> Fabio, this thing in the wind here in Wisconsin. Oh, so you are but, Fabio. Yeah. He's just like Fabio, psychological gigolo. Psychological gigolo. I think I'm going to, I'm going to use that. We can Write it down so we don't forget it. We're going to forget this one. No, it's recorded. Damn it. Yeah, but I got to like write a, like a little blurb about you. <laughs> a little blurb? I got to write a little blurb, like a summary, like about this for the podcast and be like, Lee Bates is a man of many talents, motorcycle mechanic and psychological <laughs> gigolo. Like I have to like write something down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. I'm going to write it down too. Stumba I actually reads them too, so like I have to. So yeah, so that's where... I'm married now for the third time. Yes, I did know that. <laughs> yeah, so now I've got three munchkins. Little cutie. I'm actually looking at a picture of them right now. They're kind of cool. The kids they're are very demanding. Cool. Yeah, they're very demanding. How old are your kids? Um, so Lainey May is my youngest, and she came out ginger with blue eyes. So she's the bossiest. Um, she'll be three. Yeah, I've heard that gingers don't have a soul. Is this true? No, this one. No, she's got like seventeen of them. Whoa! She started collecting early. Wait, I wait, wait. think she's got mine. She collects souls. I'm pretty sure she does. So is this because she doesn't have one of her own? Oh no, she's got one. She's hilarious. She has to have a soul. She thinks blue. Oh, okay. So wow. she's got a little soul. Huh. Yeah, she's, I think she's got one. This she is uh, making one. me rethink everything I've ever known. Yeah, I thought it was like um, like one one freckle equals a soul that you've collected. Right? That makes sense. I've I've never heard that one before, but I like it. Never? You've never heard that? I've never. I, I have a very sheltered life. 
up here in the north away from anything that's fun or awesome i'm i'm like i'm north too like i went from Mex- real mexican food to this yeah but you know like i live in by lake erie near buffalo like that it's not that's not the mm. fun north like we have mexican food but there's more Puerto Ricans than anything. So we have really good Puerto Rican food. There's one bomb ass Mexican place in my town now. Um, and then there's another so, so one. But yeah, no, if you want good Mexican food, you have to like channel your inner Sergeant Rizzo and like make it yourself. Oh, dude. I remember Rizzo. Dude, he was only remember? there for like a short time. He was there oh, for man. He, well, was he was there for a while with me though, so I got think I got to know him better. Did you ever go to his house for a UFC and he just the only thing he would make is rice and beans? Mm, I want to say I did because I met his wife. Yes, and they were cool as shit. They were, they were like the coolest people I had ever met mm-hmm. in my entire life. Like like aside from you guys, um, but like. I just like that's the memory. Like when you say Sergeant Riz, I'm like, oh, that's the coolest motherfucker ever. Oh, he is the coolest motherfucker ever. I need to like track him down. Last I knew, he was in Florida somewhere. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah, he was only. I was only. I think he was on his way out when I showed up. Right. Probably Nixon was there before you, right? Yeah, I think Nixon just lived in DC. Like I didn't even I knew Nixon existed, and but I it was like a, like a Bigfoot thing. Like nobody had seen him. Yeah, Nixon. So I went to DC, and then I was like, here he is. Nixon and Rizzo were because Rizzo loved everyone, and like you know, he would show you anything, and he would like try his hardest to get you to understand anything if you didn't understand it, or just. And he'd be just be cool with everyone too. And uh, so like, it was like the first person that like didn't treat Nixon like Nixon, like the mess up that he was 75% of the time. And like, I learned that from Rizzo, which is why Nixon ended up liking me too. And I'm just like, I'm like, that is a handy skill to have. Yeah, I kicked it with Nixon. I, I don't think I was rough on him. I think he had a dirty fingernail, so I couldn't stand. But other than that, I thought Nixon was a cool dude. He was a cool dude. We, we, uh, did you ever come to mine Ryan's like garage bar? No, I don't think when I we did. lived out on town, we brought Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Hodge just like called Nixon one day and we're just like, Hey Nixon, we're coming to pick you up. You're coming to Augie's house and you're coming to the bar and you're drinking. <laughs> and he's just like, but I don't drink beer. I'm like, it's okay. We got liquor. He's just like, but what if you don't have any liquor that I like? And I'm just like, trust me, we got something for you. <laughs> and then dude, like, so- dude, by the end yeah. of the night, it was literally I was so drunk. I was holding onto the grass because I was trying to not fall off the earth. Literally. <laughs> like this happened and Haas is just like, oh crap, not again. What an idiot. And so like he like Captain Morgan's one leg onto me and be like, you're not going to fall. You're not going to fall. And so Nixon thinks I'm being attacked. He's like, don't hurt. Don't hurt Corporal Augie. And it's just like drunk and like half. He's like, yeah. And Hodge just like, get away from me and just like pushes him over. 
Oh, he was there to save you. Uh, no, oh, man, I was, uh, I was, he was smart, man. He was smart. He just, he was, um, he was smart. He got overwhelmed when things yeah. didn't start going the way they were supposed to. Yeah. He was air crew. He was air crew. Yes. And he was fucking, he was a PT stud too. Like, no, he wanted yeah. nothing more than to make a career out of the Marines. Yeah, he did. He was a cool cat, man. I like, I like kind of hanging. Like I try to hang out with him too, but he's real. I don't want to say reclusive, but he was like his own. You know what I mean? Like that's where his comfort zone was. He had, he had his crew that he ran with outside of work and he got along with them. Great. And they did their thing and he did wild stuff with them. But yeah, a lot yeah. of it revolved around Dungeons and Dragons. Not kidding. That's funny because I, I've been trying to play Dungeons and Dragons for like three months now. I finally got a crew. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah before I, I, don't before I got divorced, one of my, I, I had like a guy move in a few houses down and like he was friends with another guy that I knew and I knew they played Dungeons and Dragons together and I was like, I'm going to get in on Dungeons and Dragons with them and then I ended up getting divorced yeah. and I moved out of that neighborhood and I'm just like, guess I'm not playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so I met up with, uh, I didn't meet up, we're going to do it virtual, but yeah, so I got a, I got a crew now and they're kind of walking me through it. They're like, yeah, so how many, how long have you been playing? I was like, yo, if you guys are about to pop my D&D cherry right now, let's do it. And they're like, okay, Oh, one of the guys is in the Space Force. That's a real thing. That's still wild to me. They split off a branch from the Air Force. Oh, it's like the Department of the Navy, but only from the Air Force. No, no, no. If you think about it like this, the Air Force was split off of the Army. The Space Force was split off of the Air um, Force. It's like third and fourth cousins. Yeah, they're like... The grandson of the army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's I'm the best way it. I can explain it. I'm like, there's a family tree there. I'm drawing, I'm drawing this family tree in my brain. <laughs> and they're just like way off here all by themselves. <laughs> but yeah, so um I saw a flag the other day. What was it? Over like a veterans museum or whatever and I, I you know you recognize all the military flags and then they had this weird looking one and i'm like what is that so i looked it up and it was space force and i was like Who the hell is i thought it was a joke nope it's a real thing they use cyber security so computer wizards yep space like, command huh. so like they're in charge of the satellites and like the getting the satellites up there just stuff like that, like until you know we start putting sharks with laser beams on their head up in space to take care of the other people's satellites. Like, oh, I guess that's what they're doing. I saw, I saw, uh, saw something on on the interwebs the other day about space aliens. What did you oh, see? Man. Well, it was it was basically just uh, what is it like a meme? That's how you say it. I don't know how the kids say it now. I say it like that, so but, that's what we're going with. Yeah. So like a meme. And uh, it was like space marines, you know, how long is it going to be? So they're like, let's fuck it. <laughs> and they meet an alien or whatever. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of good people think. <laughs> no, space marines will be the first ones to fuck an alien, whether the alien wants yeah, it or no, not. 
Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Actually, I probably shouldn't say that the Marines will rape an alien. That's probably looks bad not, I mean, on the Marine Corps. No, they're not going to. They have consent forms that they will have to fill out. That's gonna be a thing. More accurately, so after, I think the alien will rape the Marines. But here's the problem. Will he like it? Here's the question. Do you think the alien has tentacles and will take on like a squad of Marines at once? Sexually. Now you're you're going straight hentai with our brothers and sisters. And I don't know if I like this. <laughs> what if they like it though? Then I guess it's, I guess it's okay, right? Yeah. Now I've got <laughs> Jesus. I mean, would you rather like a squad of Marines goes bukkake on an alien with tentacles? Yeah, I think that would be better. That would be more motivation. Can you see that in the recruiter's office right there? The few, the proud, the Marines. Yeah, I don't think they'd use that. What are you doing with your life? (laughs) That's a good fuck I've joined. Oh, dude, that'd be like the Lava Monster commercial all over again. Oh, my God. Do you... I think there is, um, I think there's a shortage of double dogs nowadays because I keep seeing billboards. Like I drive to, I drive down to Fond du Lac, it's like 45 minute ride, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm driving down and I see all these billboards and it's like it's a new one. It's like um, uh, there's no like there's no battle lost or something. It's only Battles are one within or something. I think I've seen that one. Yeah, something like that. Or they see they show that one dude and it looks like he's in looks like he's he's in basic, um right there in Paris Island because there's pine trees and shit and he's like doing the the obstacle course in his camis and he's all muddy. And he's on the billboard. Oh man, battles are one with within or there's no um what was it? They were on the boat, it was like air crew guys on a boat but it was marine billboards but i keep seeing them and like every other day or every other week they'll change and then there'll be a more more billboards with marine shit on it and then i'm like huh i wonder if they're i was gonna ask somebody but you're the only one i can ask if they're a shortage i'm i'm really not sure it's like they're putting some money into some advertising like i guarantee that there's gotta be there's gotta be Mean, oh, you know what? I know exactly what it is. They're Wisconsin not people kill people state. anymore? Well, Wisconsin is a drunken state, and what's the prerequisite to being a Marine? Yeah, you're actually you're right. You got your right. choice of, of three types of Marines. You got your drunk Marines, you got your Texas Marines, and then you got the people from the city where it's like, how? Did you, what's your skill? Yeah. Being from New York City is not a skill. No, actually, I think it would be a skill. New York City is pretty rough. Well, depending on what it is that you did when you lived and grew up in New York City. Because, I mean, there's a few of them that were cool. I think Rogers was his last name. He was pretty cool. Which was his who was the guy with the mountain bike? Wait, what? There was a guy in our squadron and I'm on a mountain bike. He was from New York. I don't remember. I don't know. He was an airframer. Had to have been. 
What do you mean an airframer you know, had to have been on a mountain bike? Well, because you know, I mean, come on, let's look at it logically for a second here. So, whoa, 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 whoa! Logically, the nerds were Avi. <laughs> well, yeah, you can tell an Avi guy from a mile away, right? Right. All right, and you can tell a flight liner from an airframer, correct? Well, yeah, because we're prettier. All right, and then you can, you can. <clears throat> we'll leave that up. I said pretty. That's your opinion. Oh, yeah, but I'm pretty. Yeah, no, but we have like, you know, like better taking care of fingernails and like we we put the <laughs> the, the product in the <laughs> hair, the windswept, oh. we take our cranial off. Like, you know, like we, we care, like we moisturize. Okay, all right, all right, I'll take it, I'll take it. Like, right. We're the pretty boys so, of the squadron. We are, like, <laughs> you guys have that like, that rough, like, masculine, like, oil rig worker thing with, like, the <laughs> like, grease behind the knees the where it's just box. like, how did you get grease there? Oh, was, I was in the cell dropping an engine. Sorry, I broke this bolt. Like, it only turns one direction. How'd you break it? It didn't want to <laughs> go far enough. Did you cross-thread it, too? That's funny. Sorry, that's funny. Because I did that yesterday on our machine that we're working on. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I was like, hey, you think you give me Schedule 80 pipe with, with plastic flanges on there, and we're bolting it up to stainless steel, and I'm like, this is going to work. I was like, what's the torque spec? You're like, oh, man, it's like, it's full pounds, but it's like 20 to like 25 full pounds. And I'm I'm like, with a 3H ratchet, dude, just, pow, breaking them left and right. You're like, how many Uggadugas did you pass? I was like, I didn't even get to the uh on the Uggadugas. It just broke. <laughs> nice. I get it. I, I, I'm thinking of what you're laying down. So what you're saying uh, is that the flight line jokes are true. <laughs> Uh, some of them. I'll take some of them. Yeah, I know. From it, from an airframer. From an airframer, yes, all of them. From an airframer. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you guys are prettier, huh? Yeah. We're... With your moisturized skin and your coiffed hair. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> and there's no shame in that. We're very proud of it. Mm. The fact is, like, yeah. if you don't look good being an airframer, they do like things like <sighs> fap you out up to like the front gate. Oh man! Yeah, they'll make you a gate guard. That's horrible. Like, I got it easy. Horrible. I only went to, to corrosion control. They're like, hell, I mean, we got to get rid of those Dude, glasses, was... and you got to start moisturizing better, and then we'll let you back in. I don't think so, man. I don't think that's right. Cause you remember starting right? Vaguely, like just like fitness model Sergeant Rattler, he was a flight liner. Oh yeah, I do remember him. Yeah, he moisturized. He moisturized. He definitely is not a not a airframer at all. Listen, I, I didn't say we had a hundred percent of them. I'm saying like <laughs> on average, like you put the um, like you take five airframers and you stand them next to five flight liners. Just think about it. Like, just take the average of that 10 and you tell me which one's the flight liners, which ones are the airframers. Can you do it just by looking at facial skin and and, and hair gel? 
<laughs> yeah, I probably could. I probably could. <laughs> Although hair gel could have been hair gel could have been maintenance control too, you know. I think everybody in there is hair gel. I'm I'm just saying, like, what was it Benavidez? Benavidez could have been an air framer. He he had the look for it. Yeah. Was that, that his air framer? Oh man, that's right. So check this out. We were talking about suits earlier. So I went to Minnesota from Arizona to pick up um whether uh I would say my wife's mother's boyfriend. Right, we track it. Got it, got it. So we he he bought a bus. Um, like um, like a motorhome bus, like in, like the like the sixties models, like is it like a Winnebago? But they made it out of a school bus. Does that make sense? Okay. Running and driving, so he bought it on an auction, and they had it in Minnesota. So we flew up to pick it up. Okay. Right. We get in this bus, and we start driving it back to AZ. We start having problems with this motor. And we're outside of Kansas City, Missouri. Nice. So this motherfucker, this motherfucker came in so clutch, dude. Jeez, I gotta, I gotta just give him props. Dude. I hadn't talked to him in years. I found you him get on a hold Facebook of him. Where I had, I did. I, I, I texted him on Facebook while we were breaking down, coming through his gate. He was like, "Yeah, dude, just pulled up to the shop." I'm like, "For real?" He's like, "Yeah." I'll come and pick you guys up at the at the machine shop at his dad's machine shop. Right. So he came in so clutch that day, like had talked to him in years, and then uh, took us back to his place. Man, he drank some beers, reminisced about some good old times and stuff like that. And then we had to get on the plane the next morning and leave. But uh, yeah, man, like out of nowhere, like when people say, you know, in the military you're gonna make you know the best friends you've ever had. I'll tell you what, yeah, yeah, that is. That is so like I have cold, a random sea cold. story also running into him after the Marine Corps. So it was probably like my third or fourth month with this company. So like 12 years ago. Um, and they send me to, they're just like, they need help out in Springfield, Missouri at this site just randomly for like one week. So you're going out there because you're the new guy and you're going to learn and they need your strong back and your weak mind. And I'm like, got it. <laughs> Airframer. <laughs> Airframer with a strong back and a weak mind. I'm like, yes, that's me now. <laughs> so I'm good looking and I get to tell people that I can do flight line things. <sighs> uh, At least you look good. I mean, Hey man, I'll take it. And then, so like, I'm working out there, just doing whatever. And like the hotel is like a mile down the road from the site. That's probably not important. So I go to the hotel and I pull into the parking lot and I see a very familiar looking Chevy muscle car. I forget what he is. Yeah. The Chevelle, that black Chevelle. I'm like, I I see that a very familiar looking Chevelle. I'm like, like, man, Kind of looks like Cease's car. I'm like, that's fucking wild. That's crazy. Did you grab your... Oh, man. So, I, you know, I'm pulling into the parking lot, and I get closer, and this person standing next to it. I'm like, that person kind of looks like Cease. Like, that's no way. I mean, 
I'm in Springfield, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri is like three hours away. I'm like, I don't see why he'd be here like middle of the week. I get closer and I'm like, holy fuck, that is Cease. I roll down the window and I scream at him. I'm like, Cease! And he turns around just like surprised with a cigarette in his mouth. He's just like, what yeah. the fuck? Augie? <laughs> like his dad, right like, his dad hears his last name too because, you know, Father, son, same last name. He's like, who the hell is this, Josh? And he's just like, where are the Marines? And so, like, the hotel that we were at, <laughs> luckily, it was a Marriott, and it was one of the ones that has, like, a bar in the lobby. He's just like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I don't know. He's just like, meet me downstairs for beers in, like, half an hour. I'm like, perfect. I got a shower. <laughs> so me and him just, like, get bombed that night, and I think his dad paid for us. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was a... Uh, fucking just one of the most random things was fantastic but like they were in springfield for like a muscle car show yeah and i was just randomly working there i'm just like this is so wild <laughs> and then i got excited because i thought that sort of thing would happen more and more and then i could see like all my marine friends randomly while i was working and it didn't <laughs> no, He's like uh, the unicorn of marine friends <laughs> yeah yeah he is and then the only other one i ever saw was um I was working in Georgia. You remember Stanley from Airframes? Uh, maybe vaguely, yeah. Totally wild. Everyone called him Stanimal. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, he was uh, working down there at Lockheed, so I called him up, and I'm just like, hey, dude, I'm going to be working down here for a little bit. You want to hang out? And he's just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I always do. I always do. Yeah, he came in clutch that day. Like, we were in the middle of the night, too, man. And our, uh, it was, um, uh, it was, um, the rear end was a split, like a split disc, like a two speed rear end. Uh-huh. And we were, we didn't know that. And we ended up driving it in like low range. Oh. Of like max brick. Yeah. So we, he had to do some motor work for us. He, I think he got paid handsomely. Um, I wasn't part of that deal. I was just supposed to drive the bus. Or like ride because essentially all I did was ride. But um, yeah, yeah, he was do some work in there. But yeah, dude, he came in clutch. He's like, "Yeah, dude, just show up." I'm like, "Oh, fuck yeah!" Yeah, that dude is great. Yeah, his dad came out too. Well, I went to, um, I went to a Cottonmouth Kings concert with him when I first got to the to the to the fleet to the squadron. I forgot how we. We just started hanging out or whatever. And he's like, yo, I didn't have anywhere to go for that Christmas. I wasn't going to go anywhere. He's like, yo, we got to go pick up my Mustang, my car. So I thought we were going to pick up the Chevelle. And we flew up and he had bought that Mustang. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, so Christmas and New Year's, he met his mom and dad. They were cool as heck. Um, and then we drove that car back through the mountain. Oh, man. Yeah, we yeah we should not have driven that. We made it back in like I don't know. I don't remember how long the trip was from from his house in Missouri to back to J Vegas. But we made it in like way faster time coming back than we should. Nice. Yeah, I know from Western Tennessee, so like right there by the uh, Mississippi River on forty, all the way across is twelve hours to J Vegas. Oh yeah, we made it. 
Yeah, I think he was like I think he was like fifteen. Is that sound about right? Yeah, considering I don't know where you guys would have started in Missouri, but probably sounds about right. Yeah, at least, at least some, but I think it was I think it was like fifteen hours. We had like the we listened to Dwight Yoakam the whole way. I don't know why. <laughs> that's that's but, borderline torture. <laughs> yeah, I mean we were having a good time. I mean there were so many cigarettes smoked. But yeah. We made it we made it very too quick. That car because it was it was and it snowed and it was icy and it was soft and all kinds of crap all over that nice, nice freaking car when we got it back into Jacksonville. Oh man. Yeah. This time we're doing so much things that we should not have been doing at those journeys. We should have been doing our NCIs. On the I, sh- I should have done mine too. Like Master Marine. Um, how, how not to get NJPs. Math for Marines, spelling for Marines. That was always my favorite one. I was explaining to people like, yeah, there's oh. a spelling for Marines distance learning course. <laughs> I don't think I did any of those. I did the like required seven to pick up corporal. That was it. Oh, I never, I never got that far. So. Yeah, those are the ones that I did. I did the required seven to pick up corporal. I'm like, give me my hundred points. Get out of here. All about that. Man, it's good times, good times. So, yeah, so yeah, that's where I'm at now. I'm in uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, land of uh, ranch dressing. Uh, Land of what? Ranch dressing. No, it's just cheese and meat. Um, all the people that I know from Wisconsin are all, more about arguing which brand of ranch dressing is superior. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, don't. Ask someone tomorrow. Be like, hey, do you prefer Ken's or Hidden Valley? And like, you might start a small scale war where you work. I'm going to try. No, I actually, I'm going to try it. I will see what happens. Yeah. Go out on the be like, how do you tell me to do this? I'm gonna do it. They won't know who Augie is, so I feel safe. Also, I'm in New Hampshire right now for work, so like they can't like curse my name too loudly. No, you'll, you'll hear it. I'll, I'll call you and tell you. I'll feel a disturbance Ooh. in the force. I'll be like, oh man, somebody <laughs> yeah, really cool. hates Ken's ranch dressing. Ken's buttermilk, I hear, is superior to Hidden Valley Original. That'll start World uh, War yeah. III. My wife is a, a ranch aficionado. If you is she originally like, from yeah. Wisconsin? Uh, her family is, but this is her thing. So, like, no ranch is better than the other ranch. But if you order food from a restaurant, you have to eat that food with that ranch that comes from that restaurant. So, that, like, yeah, that makes sense. That doesn't make sense to me. So you you advocate keeping a hidden pocket ranch of your own ranch which uh, you find the best no 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 so like if we pick up food or get it delivered it has to come with their ranch that makes yeah. sense like if she goes to buffalo wild wings she's got to get buffalo wild wings ranch to eat with her buffalo wild wings or else it's not good so you're she saying if you get delivery of buffalo wild wings 
and they forget to bring mm-hmm. ranch, she won't just go to the fridge and get the Hidden Valley. No, she will not do that. I will go to Buffalo Wild Wings and get her ranch. You're a good husband. Well, no, I'm forced to. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bates, we're not going to say you're forced I'm, to. I'm a good husband. You are a good husband. I'm a good husband. You are a good I, husband. I you path. remember that. You, you just go, I love you, babe. I got you. I got your ranch. You're the best, and I don't deserve you, and you deserve this ranch with your buffalo wild wings because you're wild. <laughs> she doesn't find me as funny as anybody else. This is ridiculous. Women oh, rarely do. Yeah, she takes that. She's like, you're dumb. I'm like, I'm not. I'm really smart. Come on. So let me tell you how she picked me up. So I'm working at that bar. Wait, wait, wait. She and, picked uh, you up? Yeah, she picked me up. Oh, hold on. Let me get comfortable. I'm going to kick my shoes <laughs> off. I'm going to pour a glass of wine, and you're going to tell me all the deets, girl. Go. Oh, yeah. I'm going to. So I'm working at the fall. And uh, it's late, late. We were getting ready to close up, and there's this girl wearing glasses. And she's cute. She's cute. And I see her, but I, I'm being respectful because I'm a respectful man. You know what I mean? I know. So I'm stocking beer. Well, the beer fridge is right in front of her, and she's at the bar smoking her little vape, right? And uh, it, it just would be a lot better if you could see me. But she's smoking her vape, and she's doing it successively. And uh, and I feel her eyes on me, like just, oh, like I'm a piece of meat, and she just wants to tenderize me. And I'm like, whoa. Well, yeah. So I turn around, and yeah. You, so I turn around, and I look. You're good meat, though. Go ahead. Great A. It's like, yeah. USDA, USDA Prime. Oh, yeah, Prime. So I turn it around and I look, and she's just like, like her eyes got a little sparkle in it, right? It could have been her glasses, or it could have been the vape smoke in her eyes, but they just kind of sparkled. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, hold, on, hold on. I have to ask one small question. Did you ask her if her okay. daddy was a thief and put the sparkle of the stars in her eyes? I did not. This gets better. Oh. So this is just the first. Yeah, this gets way better. So she's talking to me and she's asking a couple questions and I'm trying to, I'm at work. So I'm trying to do work. So I'm trying to be respectful, but kind of like, I'm not interested. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So she knows I work at this bar. So then she proceeds to hunt me like a big game animal. So she shows up. So you're the um, elk and she's the mountain lion? Well, no, like she's the guy on the buffalo, and uh, yeah, and I'm the elk, yeah, just hunt me like ridiculous. <laughs> so, she every time she comes in after that, she's doing the, the eye thing and she's trying to get information out of me. So, I'm like, I'm trying to play it cool. So, eventually, um, her stepdad comes in, like, there's a whole group of them, so it's like her and her stepdad, and then, like a bunch of her friends, they had a big memorial service at the cycle bar and uh, I think I had a girlfriend at the time. Yeah, I had a girlfriend at the time. So she's trying to talk to me and I'm trying to do work. The bar's packed, you know, I'm, I'm picking up beers and going away and stuff like that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm pickled because of getting uh, like flirted with, but it happens most of the time. I'm not bad to look at and I got a nice, you know, caboose. So, uh, I'm trying to be respectful and I'm picking up beers and stuff. And uh, her stepdad comes to me and he goes, Hey, 
he goes, uh, you should really talk to, you know, talk to, to Crystal, talk to my, my, my daughter, that's what he called her. Uh, you know, she really likes you. You know, she's a, she's got a kid, she's a good mom. He starts giving me the lowdown, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, no. Like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, that's, that's cool, man. I was like, no, no worries. I got a, I got a girlfriend. Like, he dead ass says, that's cool. She likes girls, too. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah. So that night, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that night, uh, I'm you know, doing my thing or whatever, and she's still at the bar. Everybody else is leaving, and she's waiting on like her Uber because she is a responsible drinker. She does not drink and drive, which is great. Um, so she's waiting on her Uber or whatever, and she's chatting me up, and she's like, "You should, you should really come skinny dipping at my dad's house." And I'm like, "That." It doesn't sound, it's like two o'clock in the morning. It's like, I need to go to bed. I was like, no, nah. I was like, rain check. You know, just trying to do that. So this happens a couple more times. It depends on you chat me up. Well, we were doing a, a no shave, no haircut bet at school. And uh, it would come into the end of that, that run. And I was looking pretty homeless. So I needed a haircut. And uh, she came in and she was talking and it was kind of slow, whatever. We were getting ready to close up. So I, you know, I chatted with her a little bit. And I asked her what she did. Well, she's a, uh, a hairdresser. She works at like a, what is it, like a great clips or whatever. So I got her information. And uh, when she was working next, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come and see you like on Saturday or whatever. When I got my haircut. Um, and then, then, that her name and stuff and then I kind of sneakily slid into her DM and was like hey thanks for the haircut and just kind of started chatting her up a little bit and then uh, then we started rapping and that's how it happened now we got three kids who live in Wisconsin I don't know but, how yeah, it happened you don't know how it happened now you're just living in, in Wisconsin with three kids yeah she, she hit me with something and now I'm here <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious like <laughs> Her, her family's great. They, they love it. So they she really great. did hunt you down, wear you down, oh, and exhaust yeah. you, and like now she's just yeah. having her way with you, making you get her her ranch. Yeah, she's like, get my ranch, bitch. <laughs> I'll make up, man. Bautista, oh, get man. my ranch now. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. She's like, mm, I need my ranch. Well, yeah, I'll get it, honey. Don't worry. Crystal, oh, how do you like your coffee? It. Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> you like it cold like, you like it cold and crap oh my goodness <laughs> yeah she, people don't believe me she hunted me like she was like eyes on the prize bitch boom there he is I'm I believe it. you you are like a prize bro you're like I, an EGOT you're an Oscar a Grammy or an Emmy Grammy Oscar and a Tony all wrapped into one I'm pretty I'm pretty good I'm pretty handy around the house and shit too and you can oh, use yeah, a wrench. Oh, yeah, good. Oh, man, I can use a wrench like no other. I use wrench to eat peanut butter sometimes. It's clean. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have judged you if it wasn't. Oh, no, yeah. No, she's good. She's good. Then we ended up with uh, Kinsley, uh, our oldest. Um, I adopted her. Nice. Yeah, she's my main go-to. That's my scary movie, uh, scary movie buddy right there. Nice. So what did we watch the other day? We watched a movie from like the seventies. What is it like Troll? Oh, back in the day, she loved. Oh yeah, I like yeah, those she, ones. Those were good. She loved it. She loved it. So she likes the new scary stuff. Um, Dude, 
but I try to get her to like like puppet masters and things like that, like old school scary movies, like what we watched when we were kids. She digs it. Speaking of seventies bad movies, um, I had to explain Evil Dead and Army of Darkness to my girlfriend. She's too young for you, bro. She's three weeks older than me. <laughs> oh my goodness! So did you see the new ones that have come out? Did I what now? There's a new Evil Dead. It's no. been out for a while now. Oh yeah, so that one I've have... seen. Yeah, and then there's another one coming out. Did you know that they made a musical of the Evil Dead? I did not know that, but now I will look for it and possibly watch it tonight. If you ever have a chance, to like go see it in a theater, like because that's where I saw it. Do it. And they do the first two rows as like a blood splatter zone. So like you get a poncho and like like blood will splatter on you. Like and I recommend sitting there. Oh my god. I where where did you see this? When did this happen? How come you didn't call me? I saw it in Cleveland. Now I don't like Ohio. Cause um so when like musicals go on tour. Like the first stop is Buffalo and there's nothing to do in Buffalo if you're a rich hoity-toity person because so they're always sold out. So the next stop yeah. is Cleveland and it's like half the price compared to what it is in Buffalo. And I'm like, I'll drive two hours. I don't care. So like sometimes when they got uh, something yeah. cool, like I'd go see that. Like I saw Book of Mormon there. I saw the Evil Dead musical there. I saw something else. Yeah, yeah, I have to check that out. If you can find the Evil Dead musical, if it's still like playing anywhere, and if it's somewhere you can like go see it, like I recommend it. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna say, what did I see last? I was gonna say something else last turn of thought when we started talking about blood splatter. I was getting excited. Well, um, yeah, it's like a guar show. Oh, dude, I have, what did I watch? I watched Empire Records the other day when the, the dude was watching the TV and then. Guar comes up and starts talking into the TV. So there's like so much. Oh. So the other week, um, so Ryan lives in Wilmington, and that's where Empire Records was filmed. His wife loves oh, yeah. Empire Records, and the place where it was filmed is now a brewery called Rebellion, and they had. Uh, Empire Records viewing party there and like some sort of like event and like a couple of the cast members were there or something. He was telling me about it. But yeah, that was like a thing last weekend. Not like yesterday yeah. last weekend, but like the one before that. Oh, they have a website dude for Evil Dead Musical. Yeah, because it's great. I love Bruce Campbell. Where did I see him in last? He was in something. Was it a TV um, show? I don't know. I can't remember. But I stay pretty busy during this point. I don't get a whole lot of detail. It doesn't have a. Oh, it looks good, though. Oh, it looks so good. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm definitely gonna get. It. I don't. I'm gonna take my daughter. <laughs> She's gonna love it. She will. If oh, she doesn't, I will reimburse you for the cost of her ticket, not yours, because you'll love uh, it. No, don't worry about her. She'll probably get in three because she 
like really short. So like, this is a baby. <laughs> um, Brown. Do you remember Brown? Jason Brown? Yeah, I talked to him the other day on the Facebook. Yeah, I talked to him a few times too. Uh, what's up with him? Other than going um, to see he, hockey games. He's in California. Yeah, he, he works at Disney. For Disney. Yeah, so he was telling me that. And I was like, well, that's crazy, man. I was like, how long have you been there? And he was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, we could have seen you. He's like, uh, uh, what is it? What ride is he on? Uh, uh, Haunted Mansion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were there last summer-ish. Yeah, with our oldest. And I was like, man, I wish I would have known. I would have hollered at you. He's like, yeah, dude, I could have got you all over the place. I was like, dang it. Fuck yeah. Oh, there's a splatter. No, I know, like... I don't. I didn't know he worked on the Haunted Mansion ride. I knew he was at Disney, but I also been you know I follow him on Facebook. We're friends. We talk randomly, but like he's just been posting about all the hockey games he's going to, and like it was like three in a row of Canadian teams, and him and his wife were wearing the Canadian team's jersey. I'm like, why? Why are you wearing the Canadian jersey? Like, what is wrong with you? In Cali too, man. He's so was, Cal for uh, life. I'm like, what's with that? So we're uh, I have to deal with Packers fans because we just stopped at Green Bay, and it is like a sea of green and yellow everywhere. And then my wife cuts hair for um, sports clips, mm-hmm. like right next to right next to the stadium, almost like I don't know, like maybe five minutes. She cut the owner's hair the other day, so I get to hear all about that cool stuff. And you. I understand that you, being from Texas, are a giant Green Bay fan. Oh, man. I, and this is probably going to be a shock to everybody, I don't watch football that much. Like, if it's on and I'm at somebody's house, I'm not going to say nothing. Um, but I I just can't get behind it. Not a whole lot. Like, not to the extent that these people do. Like, like oh, I bleed Green Bay colors. Like, I, my blood doesn't that color well I mean, luckily for me the bills are red white and blue so if i say something like that it just sound like super american yeah i believe yeah i believe whoa that's american aren't you? well yeah very american blue yeah, red white and blue <laughs> oh we've seen uh bert kreisner yeah um yeah oh my god oh check this shit out was oh, it fucking hilarious Oh my God, my, nobody uh, that we took with us had seen him at all, just me. So they had no clue what was about to happen. And they never heard the, the machine? Show. Never, never. And I'm like, you guys are uncultured. <laughs> like, I can't hang out with you guys. You guys are lame. And it's like my wife and her cousin. <laughs> so <laughs> it was hilarious because. Like in the middle of his set, so he's drinking beer. Obviously, he's shotgun beer because he's grown up. Right. Um, when he had to take a leap, so he kills a water bottle. He doesn't have a shirt on, obviously. Turns around, walks to the back of the stage, still in view of everybody. Just turns around and puts in the water bottle. <laughs> like in the middle of the show. I mean, that's perfectly reasonable to me. I don't have a problem with that either. And then um, before the show was even, I don't know what happened. He was telling the story 
And um, all of a sudden, it got very patriotic. And then he started seeing the Star Spangled Banner. I think it's the, the National Anthem. He started singing the National Anthem. And then everybody else. So, like, the whole show's going, right? And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. And then all the streets, like, it, it wasn't planned. Like, there was no way this was planned. Then the whole, everybody in the whole arena was singing the National Anthem with him. <laughs> But we stopped the whole show just to see the national anthem. Like it was hilarious. That is hilarious. wild. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. I hope this is decent content for your podcast. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, oh, I'd man. be like, "You are a racist cuck," and we are not airing this. Definitely not that. <laughs> well, that's good. Definitely not that. Yeah. Oh. So, so that's where we're at now. Um. In Wisconsin, pulling water out of protein, growing bonsai trees. Fuck yeah, man. Wait, did you say are pulling you, water out of protein, or are you pulling protein out of water? We're pulling the water out of it. But you could also say it transversely, and it's just as true. Uh, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. You're separating the water from the protein. We're dewatering. You're making anhydrous protein, which is just a fancy way of saying dehydrated. Dehydrated protein. There's not all the way dehydrated. I think there's like a... There's another step after you guys? No. Well, it goes to the wastewater treatment plant, but essentially what they're getting from us is clean water. So I guess the weight waste that they're giving us is like 85... 90% 90% water and then they have little microscopic solids in there and then what we do is we pull 60 to 75% of that water out so they got to haul off a thicker waste but we're saving them money because the it's not as voluminous so it's more of a we cut back on the trucks that they're using to haul it. It's basically what we're doing. Got it. They, they haul that. out. Yeah, they haul out like 15 trucks a day, mm-hmm. but we're cutting it back by like two thirds. Nice. Yeah. So then that's less insurance, less hazardous waste on the highways, and then we do the same thing. It'll be the same process for when we do uh, dairies. Um, I think we have we have our system. Uh, got it all, we got one overseas, but I can't really, I don't remember where we put it. We put it in a, like a, a shipping container-esque kind of thing, mm-hmm. like a compact unit where it's just a, you set this unit there and you run your pipe to it and then let it do its thing. We got one overseas. They're using them at, um, distilleries. Uh, yeah. So like any kind of waste with any kind of water content we can essentially what we're trying to do is is dispel the fact that we can dewater anyways with a water content in it and give you clean water. So some of the dairies that we're doing this with they're actually reusing the water for the cattle. Okay. Which is perfectly yeah it's uh it's great. It's it's actually <laughs> if you do our process, if you run it through a carbon filter right after our process uh-huh. You can you can drink it and it won't it won't smell. Does that make sense? It does because I use a lot of carbon for my work. 
I use both liquid yeah. phase and vapor phase. Yeah. So I do the lab sport too. And, um, uh, that's what I was doing in, in Arizona was running the labs and stuff at the, uh, with that sugar fest. So I do a little bit of labs here too, just kind of like process control just to get it, uh, to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. So essentially when I do my labs, you know, conductivity, pH, um, COD, uh, dissolved solids, total solids, the whole nine, um, it comes back at your water. The only reason why I wouldn't drink what we're, what we're, you know, making over here at this, this factory is because it, it smells like the factory. <laughs> so when it's yeah. a cargo factory, get rid of the smell, get to go. Like all, everything, all my data proves that it is water, legitimately water. And it is amazing. That is pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that was a thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I didn't. I I mean, I thought about it because when I was reclaiming water down in Arizona, I was like, well, this is smart because we're in the desert, obviously. Mm -hmm. We've got that one canal that feeds 90%, well, all the cities, and everybody's, every city is pulling off of that canal. So then you got to treat that. And then what do you do with with the sewer, with the waste? You know what I mean? You can treat the sewer or you can send it somewhere else or so there we would pull the solids out at the bottom of the tank and dewater them and then dry them out and then you can't use human waste as fertilizer. You have to go through a couple other processes to get it to the right grade to use it. Okay. But uh there's huh? I said, Okay, I'm I'm following what you're saying. Yeah. So and then I told him I was like, Look, if you as a city, I mean, we're reclaiming our water right now. So you can use that reclaimed water for irrigation. Perfectly safe for that. And then I was like, we're, we're, we're drying out this waste and turning it into a, a very high grade fertilizer. You can use that for fields. And then what's a major cash crop going on in Arizona right now because it's all legalized recreational and medicinal. Mm-hmm. And you can grow it. I mean, if you can grow weed, I told the city this, and they were like, "That's yeah, it's a great idea. We'll have to put it to chance. Well, we'll see. So yeah, weed will grow is basically what I know. Yeah, yeah. You get a. Uh, I think it grows better. Um, I have to look. I've got to go down somewhere. I had a whole business plan for it at one point in time. You made a business plan for weed for the city in Arizona. <laughs> well, yeah, dude. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, well, you, I, you've got your, you're not costing any money with the water. You're not costing any money with, I mean, all you need is the land. Mm-hmm. And then you can get, you can yield a bigger crop off of a smaller um, acreage than you can any other crop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you can use the mill plants for hemp. I mean, there's, there's so many uses. So many uses. I agree. Back in the old days, Back in the old days, it was mandatory for you to grow at least, you know, you dedicate one part of your field for hemp. I think, I don't, I think that is true. I read it somewhere, but yeah, they would use the hemp for rope and clothes and all kinds of hippies, you know, all kinds of good stuff. Very versatile. That, that makes sense because, yeah, it was versatile and they did use it for a lot of things. Like I know it was naval ropes. They used it for the... 
sails, I want to say, for Navy ships back in the day, too. A bunch of other stuff. Like, yeah, super yeah. versatile. They can turn it. Well, if Chi Chong is taught us anything, you can paint a whole car with it. They're making plastic now um, out of, out of like hemp pulp. Mm-hmm. They're making walls and, yeah, you know, they're making bricks, all kinds of, not like weed bricks, but like out of the pulp from all of the hemp. Like, just. <laughs> You could grow an acre of it. And yeah, they're really, making biocomposites. Yeah, there you go. That's the way I was looking for. Smart college boy. <laughs> Dropped out of college, boy. <laughs> but yeah, there's all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, <laughs> it was, I felt weird because I was like, I'm telling my city manager this. <laughs> and she's tracking and she's like, well, and I'm like, just wait. When it's, when it's booming and you guys are making money off of all the taxes, because that's where everything is going, in fact, um, you think about it. It's like, you've got a wastewater treatment plant right here. You've got that contract with the, the golf course. You know, you've got to send your water, you reclaim water to them. You can siphon off a little bit here and there. Water a crop. Hell yeah. Put some high fence around it. Yeah, I suppose this is going to be They just can't man. appreciate a man with good vision. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a genius sometimes. I'd agree. Sometimes yeah. I'm <laughs> pretty smart for the most part. I'm always thinking, always thinking. I guess that's kind of why I'm, I'm pretty good at my, my gig now. I've had investors come down look at the equipment I installed and they're like, uh, so what do you, what did you do before this? So I kind of give them the basic rundown, my mechanical abilities, and my no college education. Um, it's all been vocational. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, you know how to do this and this. And this. I built an office out of a comic box down there because the plant wouldn't give me power and they wouldn't give me my own space to run my labs. Uh-huh. Uh, but I had a storage container to store all my elements and filters and things like that. It's just a solid wall storage container. So um, I started looking around and I was like, well, I could probably insulate this in the winter time. And then I could probably put, you know, some wood panels up on the walls or whatever. And I got to look and then I got the bright idea. I was like, I could solar this or run it off a generator out of power. The only thing I don't have in there is, is plumbing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. I turned an eight by twenty into a, a tiny office slash lab. Nice. So, yeah, it's actually pretty pretty sweet. Everybody that's come to my site, because it wouldn't give me power to the connect. They wouldn't drop me power. The plant wouldn't. And um, I was like, well, I've got to, I've got to run the lab. I was like, I need a place to run the lab. Like, it's not feasible. There's not enough room. Um, I got to have a spot. I got to have a desk. I got to do inventories. I got to do reports. I got to do this, that, and the other. Uh, and I got to go ahead. And then I started, uh, started spreading stuff out. Put some insulation in there. Uh, we see we had some, some below zero days and it stayed above 40 inside that contract box. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I got a, I got a TV in there, refrigerator. All my stuff is stored in there. I got a little workbench. I got to do stuff. So, and then the investors came through and, and checked it out. And they're like, hey, man, they're like, yeah, we're glad we have you here. 
I'm like, you're welcome. That's always a good feeling. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm needed. <laughs> it's a so, great. So what's been new with you, Augie? Uh, I guess the big thing is the divorce. Uh, got a girlfriend now. Still got the same job. Yeah, I mean, that's like the big things. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you gotta I, get stumble. I, I got a what? You gotta get stumble on here. You oh. gotta get stumble. Yeah, definitely we do. What's he doing right now? Is he like busy right now, like the second? Probably. I mean, he wakes up early. It's, I don't know. He might be like putting his. I guess his daughter would probably be in bed by now. I don't know. You want me to try and see if I can three way him in? No, nah, let's let's wait. Let's wait. We'll get him. Make sure he's good to go. I don't want to just. Uh, I don't want to upset him. Because I know how it is. His dad and family and all that good stuff too. He's like he got he got munchkins. You got to handle. I got two of them little stuff. Well, here. he's he's only got the one could... munchkin, and then his son from a previous relationship is about fourteen. I want to say. So Charlie is the little girl, and she's uh short for Charlotte. And uh, she's Charlotte. four, three, four. I want to say she's four. Yeah. And then Corbin. Yeah, let's bring a second. Give, give him a heads up. Give him a heads up. Text him right now? Uh, No, let's set up another time. I'm about to go and drink a beer. But yeah, let's, let's set him up another time, but give him a heads up. And I'll make sure my schedule's clear. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll start a group text with the you two, and we'll uh, figure something out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You still talk to anybody else? I talk to tons of people. Like I said, uh, the, so for New Year's, I went down there, hung out with Ryan and Hawes, because uh, he's still in Jacksonville. He's uh, running the schoolhouse for airframes. Oh, Hawes? Hawes, yeah. As a civilian oh, contractor man. for Boeing, he's. Uh, oh, shit. So he's doing that. Uh, Nick and so Nick Byers and, and Donnie Farabaugh, they got a hold of me today uh, because, you know, I posted about the podcast on Facebook. Uh, Babcock, you remember him? He was in CC with us for a bit. Uh, yeah. Randy, I mean, talked to him too. Ooh, you know who I talked to a lot, actually? Justin Ooh. Peck. Oh, Peck. I've seen his little mustache, dude. I like that. Uh, dude, he's <laughs> fucking, he's crushing it. He's out in Vegas. He's a helicopter EMT. Yes, I saw that. I was like, dude, I was, I don't know what it was, but like flighty were like the coolest guys on the block. Like you could always get whatever you needed for them. As long as you had the right hookup for him, Peck would get you. Yeah. Peck would work with you, but he wouldn't just give it to you. Yeah, he wouldn't do it for you. You'd have to do a little. Yeah. You'd have to meet him somewhere uh, along the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, for was, a while, was, he was, like was uh, he had a, uh, like a car upholstery company in St. Louis, like for a little bit, or not St. Louis, Salt Lake. Yeah, so he used to do that, and then he stopped doing that, which made me sad because the pictures that he was doing that came out of there were like, the upholstery work he was doing was fucking beautiful. Wonder why he stopped doing that. 
because there wasn't a lot of money in it. Oh yeah, so it's like a, that was like a hobby, man. You can't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He was he was probably he was probably very very proud of his work. Yeah, like and niche market too. Yeah. So you know he's going oh, for yeah, like ricers and hot rodders and rat rodders and like that. That's the market he was going for. But he still knows how to do it, right? Yep, I'm willing to bet he does. Oh, good deal. So that means I need to build a car. And then I need, I got an upholstery guy. I just have to shoot him a ring. I mean, you'd have to get over to Vegas and convince him to do it. He's a very busy man right now. He's got a family. And oh, I know. He does 24-hour yeah, shifts yeah. on a helicopter. Oh, shit. I could just leave the car there. Yeah, this is true. I mean. Yeah, I'm not in a hurry. Okay. They're not going to want to. I mean, if I could get my hands while. on a rat rod, I'd let him, like, do it. Oh yeah. I'd bring yeah. it to cease for the engine and the transmission and then I'd bring it to pack for uh for the upholstery. <laughs> in the interior. Dude, we'd have to paint it we'd have to paint it ourselves though. <laughs> it's a rat rod. So I would roll it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta we'd have to take it to Arizona, get that good patina. <laughs> oh yeah. Let it sit out in the desert for a while. Uh yeah, so we know some people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the majority of people I talk to. I got I want to start working and talking to a few few more of the guys from Airframes that like I went through the schoolhouse with more. Like I know Ozcan just retired. Um, a couple others. I think Pumphrey's still in. I was about to ask you about Pump. I haven't seen him like he's another very um, dominant social Pumphrey, media. Humphrey's had a rough year and for reasons that are, I, you know, I'm not going to air his laundry online. Like nope. there, there was a few deaths in his family basically. And it wasn't yeah. good. October. But yeah, no man, like it's fucking great catching up with you. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Definitely. Yeah, dude, we need to, we probably need to do like we go on the road, go on tour. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Yeah, no, definitely good catching up and swapping old stories. Fuck yeah, man! Uh, definitely stay yeah. in touch. Like, and I will stay in touch too. Yeah, you got my number. Um, yeah, let me know what's going on with Dunbar. All right. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I'll let you go. Right. Uh, let me know. Let me know when you want to do it again. Hopefully, I did good. <laughs> Dude, you did great. <laughs> yeah, just uh, whenever you get a chance, a send me a photo that you want used for the promotional thing, and then if you want any of your like social media accounts tagged, let me know what those are too. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be famous, famous, huh? Oh yeah, so if like you got like an Instagram or a Twitter that you want like people to see your thong pics on, like you know, just... my thong pics. Yeah, I might have to make a new one, and then I get to get one of those little blue check marks because I'm verified. Ooh, with your banana hammock, yeah, do it. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see that. <laughs> Not outside of your wife. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Somebody, some old ladies. I don't know. Old ladies love me. I don't know why. Because you're a psychological gigolo. <laughs> they just know. They just sense it in their blue hair. They can just see Ooh. it. They're just like, yeah. he'll ask me for ID. Oh my goodness, look at him. Oh, 
you can clean my pool. <laughs> that is oh, so man. racist. Yeah. Just because you're half Mexican, you can clean a pool. I, I have a pool. That's, All right, that's probably why you can clean a pool. Yeah, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm a water chemist. That's what I do. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I can clean your pool. I'm sorry. You clean it. From no, I'll let Espanol though. Clean all the milk out of it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, now, yeah. Clean all the milk. Ooh, ew. No. Uh, why is there milk there? in the pool? Yeah. All right. All right. Good talking with you, Ozzy. Can I leave it there? Pool milk. So the body good. Uh, that's better than cereal milk. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, I heard a story. I heard a story about a family pour their cereal milk back in the jug. And they had two separate jugs. One was for the cereal milk, and one was for the regular milk. I think I read that on Facebook, actually. That's kind of wild. One of those weird. Yeah, it was one of those weird where you're up at night just surfing. You know what I have to say about that? Mm. I know I shouldn't profile and, you know, judge people by like what they do and stuff, but those people were white. I would never do that because the cereal milk is the best part of the cereal. I would drink it. That's exactly what I would do. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't make it back to to the jug. I would like drink it. Yeah. Ooh, like booty pebbles, dude. You're not getting cereal. Honey Nut Cheerios, even. You're not getting that back. You're not getting that one back. And if it's Reese's Puffs, fuck you. Oh, you're definitely not getting that back to the. Oh, no, definitely not. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Nope. Uh-uh. Reese's Puff, that is my milk. I worked hard pouring that milk and that cereal into that bowl. But yeah, that brings like up an you, important you... question. So when you're pouring milk and cereal into a bowl, do you pour the milk in first or the cereal in for, first? I, I put the cereal in first. Good, you're normal and, then, and not a monster. I put the cereal in first, but check this out. So I have a special bowl. Oh. So I put cereal in first. My wife just brought me a dentist. She's the best. She sounds like the best. Tell her she's going to get some ranch later. I'm going to give her so much ranch. Um, So, yeah. So, cereal in the bowl first. I got a metal bowl. Mm. It's like a quart bowl. So, cereal in first, depending on what cereal it is. If it's like like a fruity pebbles or like a chocolate pebbles that don't really float too much, just pour the milk in over the top. You're good to go. Or like... um, like the, the bunches of oats with the almonds or whatever. It doesn't float too bad. You don't got to worry about it. Reese's puffs, cocoa puffs, anything that floats, I put my hand over the top of it and then pour the milk in to fully submerge all the cereal. I feel like that's the best way to do it. Brilliant. Well, I mean, it's like you got to hold the, the cocoa puffs down in the bowl so that they get saturated with the milk so that you know it's like a you still get the crunch but you get that 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 wet crunch i feel like that's the best that's the best part of the cereal right there the wet crunch yeah i could dig it like are you picking it in your head like yeah yeah, like the, the actual like wet crunch like i'm envisioning it against like my teeth and taste buds right now yeah like so like the outer the layer is a little soft and the inner layer is like still got a little crunch. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. the way you got to hold it down. You got to hold the cereal down in the bowl while you pour the milk in or else the milk, the, the liquid displacement 
or the flotation of the cereal will cause it to come out and spill over the bowl. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a grown man, and I need a full bowl of cereal, not a half bowl, a full bowl. I'm not going to lie to you. I have not eaten cereal in a few years. Mm. Mm. I think I ate some Cheerios like two days ago. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not well, huge we, on cereal. I'm also not huge on breakfast. Not because I'm into intermittent fasting or anything. Just because I don't like to eat first thing in the morning. So I do not like to eat first thing in the morning either. But I like breakfast food. Like that is my that's my kryptonite. Like, breakfast food. Like breakfast burritos. Um, burritos, chicken fried steak and eggs, hash browns, mm. pancakes, waffles, like. Sausage, bacon, um, yeah, that's my that's my weakness because I feel like so I did try the intermittent fasting, but I found out like throughout the day I did kind of start lifting just a little bit, but um, you have to feed the body. This so, is a very true statement. Yeah, so I eat and I eat, I eat. I try to eat as healthy as I can. Sometimes you can't do that because you know you go to work all the time. So yeah, you don't have time to make your breakfast in the morning. So there's a little while with milk prepping or whatever. I went keto for a hot minute. That was great. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just, I don't like to feel hungry. Mm-hmm. So I eat. I eat. Breakfast is my, is my go-to. I like biscuits <laughs> and gravy. Oh, I don't gravy blame you. I love that stuff. Uh, have you ever had Brenner? What is that? Brenner, it's where you have breakfast foods for dinner. Oh, so it's like, or like, uh, yeah, Brenner. Yeah, Brenner. I, I didn't know there was a name for it. Uh, there is. It's called Brenner. I just call it breakfast, lunch, and dinner and just eat breakfast food all day. I could probably get away with that. I like to make my own hash browns, though. Me, hash browns. crispy. Oh, man. I like Irish potatoes. Irish potatoes are good. I can do that. I can do. Wait, no, is it potatoes O'Brien? It's the square, Ooh, yeah. the little cubes, and then, you know, it's got the peppers and yeah. onion and sausage mixed in. That's the one. Oh, dude, I'm all about the peppers and onion. You got to have, I mean, the color of it. It just looks perfect. I know. Look it's in beautiful. It's like all the it colors of the Italian or Mexican flag, like right there with potato. Yeah, but it's called O'Brien. O'Brien Italian? I mean, Mediterranean Irish. Mediterranean I Irish. Mean, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. Well, Thanks, you, you got that Guinness. It's a steak in a bottle. Oh, man, yeah. It's a good one. Oh, no, this isn't a can. It's a steak in a can, then. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I don't know what it is. So over the years of drinking and debauchery, I have found that um, you might agree with me on this, and there are certain alcohols, liquors, and beers that do not agree with me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so there are certain certain hard alcohols that make me a butthole. So over the years, I have figured out what those alcohols are, and I do not drink those. Do you want to know what alcohols make me not a butthole? Yes. Irish. Irish? Jameson and Guinness. That's it? That's the list? 
that 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 those are the only two good ones. <laughs> tequila, uh, no, not good with tequila. Tequila's a hard one for me too. Yeah, I had a horrible experience with some tequila. Um, let's see, uh, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels is no good. Um, I chased a bottle of Jack Daniels with a bottle of Southern Comfort. This was an unlisted story. I puked on black stuff for like two hours. I so can see that, that happening. No longer, that is no longer good in my book. Um, uh, I was a bourbon guy there for a hot minute. Then it got to be, it got to be ridiculous. So then I switched to a smoother, uh, <laughs> more responsible type of drink. So Guinness is good. And Jameson is good. So I'm probably the only half Mexican you know that likes their Irish whiskey and beer. It's not unheard of, though. I also have a Filipino friend who loves Guinness and Jameson. Oh, dude, I love it. It's so dark and smooth. I just, oh, man, I've tried the Shiner. The Shiner box you get out of Texas, they're good. They're good. But have you got had a, the, the Guinness coffee stout? I think that's what it's yeah. called. Do you like that what one? Did I drink the other day in Michigan. It was a local brew. It was called Devil Dog, so I had to try it, and it was an oatmeal stout. Ooh, and those are good. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I was in. I was in Michigan for work in Plymouth, and they had it at the bar. We stayed at the Hilton. They had the bar, and what the hell was it? But they do them in like they're like small batch brews. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember who the brewery was. But it was local and it was delicious. And then down in Yuma, they've got a coconut. Um, it's, a, it's a dark beer, but it's a coconut dark beer. Oh my God, so smooth. No bite. Like, like ridiculous nice. smooth. Augie. I'm telling you, you drink it and you think you're on an island, but you're drinking a dark beer. It's that old jailhouse down there in Yuma. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, Dwyer was with me. If I showed you a picture of Dwyer, you know exactly what he was talking about. Uh, oh no, you might have been gone already. I think he was Joe replacing. What? Yeah, I think you left right before I did, right? I yeah. left in June of 2008. Yeah, so he was after you. Dwyer was. He was an airframer. And he had gelled hair. <laughs> but he was he was from Kentucky. Oh my God, you would have you would have loved him. He was from Kentucky, but he was like I don't even know if it's like a gangster Kentucky. Like like he liked rap. He was from Kentucky, but he had that Kentucky freaking twang. Oh my goodness, you would have loved him. But he was working on C one thirty down in Yuma and I went and checked him out and we went to that bar. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Like twenty of them beers. So smooth. Nice. All right. Well good time. we were we were gonna hang up like twenty minutes ago, weren't we? Yeah, we definitely got sidetracked. Mm. Well I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna get something to eat. It was good talking to you. All right, man, it was great to you hear from my, you too. You got my info, I've got your info. Uh, go ahead and put me in that deep chat with the stumball. Sounds good, bro. Alrighty, man. Have a good rest of your day. You too. I love you, bro. I love you too, bro. Later.